0: Bringing about change for me is about empowering people and staff with competence, with a level of governance, the appropriate level of governance to meet tangible outcomes that are related to the purpose of their organisation.
1: Hi, my name is Dr Savvy, digital media strategist, author, radio and TV presenter. I believe there are so many people doing amazing work. But sadly, sometimes the general media doesn't get a chance to feature and shine a light on the incredible work they're doing, either in business or for charities. I'm going to have some conversations with most interesting people in the fields of business, charity, and global innovation, many from diverse backgrounds. I believe that bringing personal motivational experiences, thought leadership, and their secrets of success into the limelight will inspire you to shine by following in their footsteps. Be sure to visit me at DrSavvy.com and SavvyLeaders.com. In this week's show, my guest is Dr. Kuldeep Singh Sandhu, Director of Innovative Quality Solutions. We chat about how companies have had to rapidly adapt to the global pandemic, essentially how corporate leadership have empowered their employees to both deliver and govern effective change. Dr Sandhu has also developed a global unique change simulator that is blended, combining online learning with facilitated collaborative learning. The simulator uses principles of gamification Gamification techniques are intended to leverage people's natural desires for socializing, learning, mastery, competition, achievement, status, self-expression, or simply their response to framing a situation as a game or play. We hope you enjoy the interview. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Being Business Savvy. I'm your host, Dr. Savi, and this week I've got another doctor with me. He doesn't like to call himself that, but he's a very highly qualified individual who's done some amazing work, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. This week we're going to be looking at change, and a new way of looking at change, if there was such a thing. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Kuldeep Sandhu. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sandu.
0: Thank you for giving me such high eminence, Savvy. (laughs) No, um, it was a pleasure to join you on this podcast. Delighted to talk to you.
1: Brilliant. I did mention change and a new way of looking at it, but I thought we'd kind of go back a little bit and you can tell us a little bit about some of the things that you've done. I think you've done some private work uh, in terms of consultancy, but you did do quite a lot of commercial work. What kind of companies have you worked for? Secondly, let's look into... What's motivated you to specialize in this? And I think it's got a real applicability in terms of digital transformation. It's a major component. There's also, we've spoken in the past about iterative change, which are key tools. And then you've got a new innovation. I say it's new because it's a new way of understanding, learning, and putting into practice some of the key aspects of that particular environment without actually stealing your thunder. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your background.
0: Yeah, uh, born and bred in Birmingham, second generation uh, Sikh. I went to university in Nottingham, did my master's and my PhD in Imperial College in London. And then I went into the working world. I worked originally in in the defence sector with UK MOD and then switched over to the finance sector with Reuters and spent a number of years there. And then that was sort of like 10 years in industry. Then I I had a passion for consulting and kind of engaging people and stakeholders. And I moved and worked for TCS, the Global Consulting Practise and then got poached and nabbed into pwc in their cio advisory world i've always had a passion for technology but the passion for technology was overtaken by a passion for change and in a lot of the projects the the global transformation and uk transformation projects i've done the need for change and getting people on board with change and uh, aligning to whatever the organization's trying to achieve has been has become a, a much more of a passion for me as I've moved on in my career I also after PWC I, I worked for a boutique consultancy and I set up a business transformation practice but about five years ago I decided to go out in the wide world myself and I built my own brand uh, called Iqs and this is where I've really now been I've sort of opened my wings to really drive my way of working and using change as a part of my service offerings to clients. So, just let me give you an example of some of the clients I've worked for. One of the clients I worked for just a couple of years ago has been the University of Cambridge, large, global in a way, institution and lots of governance and structures, but a proponent of agile. Iterative change. Another university I worked for quite recently was Durham University, another global institution, been going through significant digital transformation. Give you another example but in the public sector again. I did a, a transformation at uh, Coventry City Council. I'm working for a housing council who are absolutely embracing. The change and the innovation that you talked about and we'll, we'll get on to that a few of the clients in the private sector i've done some work in the banking and insurance sectors i work for state street i work for aviva big insurance company in the uk and also in scotland i worked for scottish widows for a short period of time and the common theme uh, i wanted to draw out before I hand back to you savvy has been the need to adopt technology and use it as an enabler for business change, hence digital transformation. But the challenge has always been how do you ensure you get people, stakeholders going with you, transforming with you, buying into the vision strategy? And that's, that's such a big people business challenge, and it continues to be.
1: I think it's interesting going back to some of the academic theory where I think it's Joanne Woodward back in the late 50s was talking about IT really or digital technology she wasn't talking about digital technology she was talking about IT you truly know that it's made a difference in an organization when it's pervasive throughout the organization but i would say there's a slightly different kind of twist to this is that you know you mentioned the public and private sector including education sector as well which you could argue is under public but are they all taking seriously the aspect of change do they consider that change is a major component. You now have seen in recent years, there's always been a CIO role and now the chief knowledge manager. I've seen that recently. Is there such a thing that there should be a role as a chief change manager? Recently, I saw something in an automotive organization. They were advertising for a senior role for a change manager. Do you think there is a turning point? And I think particularly now, you know, the, the overused word pivot associated with the fact that this COVID-19 situation has encouraged people to work from home. Therefore, technology needs to be available, systems need to be more responsive, collaborative techniques have now become more virtual. In the short term, we don't know what the longer lasting impact that's going to be with regards to when things do, inverted commas, come to some sense of normalisation. Is this encouraging change? And if it is, the real question is, is the management of that change being taken seriously? Or is it out of necessity? that we got to do it anyway.
0: It's a fantastic question, Savvy, because I-, I like to share with you what I think is emerging because of the impact of COVID-19, because we had to do something. So businesses had to pivot to do remote working we didn't have a choice around this is the project or the program that we're gonna do. This is the command that's coming from you know, the senior people. These are the things, and this is the portfolio. This is our run projects, this is our change projects. That disappeared. What was really important for businesses was survival, being able to have business continuity. And from a technology point of view, you know, and, and you know, we we all know that we ended up either moving to Zooms or Microsoft Teams or Blue Jeans or whatever. Teams. What I saw, as I've been talking to senior people in businesses and institutions, is they under this umbrella of getting stuff done to continue the business and the operational world, they coalesced and they formed teams themselves. They knew there's a sense of purpose, there's a need for the hour, let's get on, let's focus on making things happen and work at pace. And there was a real desire to get stuff done without the need for management in a way. They brought about in agility themselves,
1: it's interesting, and, you mentioned the yeah. word agility, the evolving, if you go back to the, was there an ice age that happened? Who survived the ice age? And did they evolve, kind of change? And then some aspects, some companies, if you use the same analogy, may have died out because they just couldn't survive that particular climate. No customers, not being online, therefore you're not able to sell, therefore you can't go to the office. Therefore, that, you know, the necessity, there's a difference between the necessity to change and the ability to adapt. And I think that's where the, the linkage is, which is going back to the change. Do you recognize you need to change? How quickly can you do it out of necessity? And if you can't do it in time because you're not strong enough or you're not rich enough to be able to invest it, it's like you said just now, I'll pass back to you. They had to do it to survive. They didn't have a choice. Now, my question really focuses more on, did they do it? through a structured or thought-out change method. If you're going to change supplier, do you do the traditional method, which is a bit of due diligence, then you do a kind of like knowledge transfer, then you do a bit of forward rewind in terms of skill demonstration, close off with the old supplier and bring about the new supplier? In this case, that might be a change management process in one sense, but you ain't got time. You suddenly run out of time because you do or you die. Where does that seriousness come from? in terms of doing the change properly that's the
0: problem isn't it that's right and what i'm not advocating let's work in a chaotic fashion to get stuff done if you think of agile as a methodology for example you still need to do some level of planning up front organizing the team you think about your resources what software you need what hardware you need maybe what supplies you still need a level of governance in level of control or agility, but what I'm talking about here is some of that decision-making was devolved down to such a lower level that they could just get on with stuff, and they didn't need the command and control structures, and so bringing about change for me is about empowering people and staff with competence, with a level of governance, the appropriate level of governance to meet tangible outcomes that are related to the purpose of their organization. In this case, we had to make that change happen because there's a need for survival. Look at the virus, the coronavirus at the moment. It's forming and adapting different variants because it's trying to survive, because it feels under threat. It's the same concept. It adapts and it changes to the environment. I think people are very adaptive. I think there's goodness in all of us in terms of competency and, leg- and it's just about being given that freedom to go and make that change happen in some cases.
1: Do you not think that in the States, there's the CDC, there's the World Health Organization, they've been saying for ages, there could be this kind of problem. And so almost as if the business was just saying, yeah, it's not going to happen to us. Nobody anticipated that this was going to happen. It's the same situation, for example, with EMF bursts and that kind of stuff. People have drawn an analogy to if you had tomorrow, the only things that would work would be valves, Mm. the old cars. And there's a book called On Every Second, I think it's it's written as a novel, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it does describe this, that this was to happen. How would you handle it? And I think it was given to every member of Congress. The author had successfully managed to talk about it. And somebody said, oh, this is a really good point. We should pick up on this. And there's only a certain amount you can do in terms of risk management to say this thing could happen. But I think risk and change walk hand in hand don't they and therefore what changes do we need to put in place as a short-term plan to fix it or Absolutely. have a contingency in place
0: yeah fantastic point you know as a business you've got to be aware and understand the big business triggers or the potential disruption that you're going to get now the biggest disruption we've seen now is at the moment it's been the pandemic but there's been disruptions before that Before COVID-19, the discussions I was having with business leaders was the pace of technology change and adoption, it's too fast for them. I can't cope with that level of change. And when you get technology adoption going exponentially, whereas the ability of an organization to absorb change is very low, there's a gap. So what I'm talking about here is there's a a technology disruption, there's a pandemic disruption, there's usually sometimes a cybersecurity issue or challenge. You know, we're, we're talking about, if you look at the news recently, everybody's talking about cyber warfare. That could be a major disruption to governments and departments and businesses. There are other types of disruptions when you want to acquire, emerge, or you're growing. I think as a business, what we all need to Senior leaders certainly need to be aware of what could change their business and then be able to be agile enough to pivot according to the change. And that's the crux of the challenge. Have we got business savvy leaders who understand what's coming, have foresight to what's coming so that they can pivot and change according to the market changes, the impacts that are coming downstream. I've always sensed that humans are very adaptable right
1: yeah it was, a, it was a good hint by the way yeah. They savvy leaders but that was pure <laughs> <laughs> my, my company name
0: um, yeah, that was right.
1: and a nice easy plug i've done interviews in the past where we've set a word in place something like you must mention a star trek phrase in the middle yeah. of your conversation and we'll both smile at each other because you managed to sneak it in the conversation <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the final part i wanted to talk to you about was you've done something which very few people can do first of all invest and come up with a great idea and this idea is the ability to do exactly what you were just talking about a second ago. Rather than anticipate the change is gonna to happen, to simulate the change, to say, what if this, this this happened? What if you didn't invest enough in this area? Or maybe suddenly there was an incident and suddenly you're getting, you know, especially if you look in um, technology, we talk technology for a second, you bought a product from a company, it's on the cloud, suddenly you're getting too many subscribers, the company that you bought it from didn't anticipate that, and then the subscription rates gone up for them, they're not able to grow with your demand, which is a bit strange, really, because you would have thought that if it's great increase in demand. However, that doesn't always result in sales. So an example could be you've moved from traditional uh, supply to online supply, but the system you've built is not strong enough or resilient enough, uh, is a better phrase. Uh, and there are costs that are coming out of the woodwork. So in order to anticipate that, good idea to simulate that, good idea to understand that before you actually sign the, you know, the agreement through the RFI, the request for interest, request for proposal, and the final award. Yes, we can say that there are certain things that never can be anticipated, but there are some basic things that you can simulate. So tell us about the concept behind the gamification, and you've come up with a a product or a, a set of tools where you can simulate collaboratively with certain change managers, certain roles, and you can Uh, effectively prove that taking a particular pathway would be a preferred route.
0: The thinking behind the digital transformation simulation training and the product that you, you alluded to is being able to get people in an organization into a safe environment to understand all the levers that you can pull or not, and the impact of those levers on you as a business. So you could be uh, somebody in marketing, in sales, and in procurement, sourcing, IT. Uh, you could be a senior leader, but being able to understand how IT enables business nowadays, and I, technology and IT is so pervasive everywhere that you know business transformation has now become digital transformation. It's just IT is a core component of business transformation they've called it digital but it's so complex it's very very complex and it is very different for every organization digital transformation means very different things for different organizations in each sector and being able to go into a safe environment to understand the strategic and operational plays that you can make which can impact your business from a growth perspective from a customer satisfaction perspective from a revenue and profitability it's really important to go and understand that and play that as a game so that you can take those lessons that you learned from an education perspective and a learning perspective, and then go and apply it to your own organization. And in which order and which priority do you want to play those strategic plays? Because your challenges might be operational or they might be strategic or they might be people focused or they, they or whatever that is, whatever that. So I think that the essence behind the gamification has been develop a product where you can simulate these plays and, and allow people to learn within, a, in a group of ten people uh, over a uh, three or four hours. Show how you can mature your um, your organisation through their strategic plays, or not mature your organisation, but learn from it. So it's experiential learning about how your you in your Functional department impacts the business, and how your colleagues impact you, and learn from that. Is there any and,
1: way to actually show what traditionally you would do? You know, you mentioned right at the beginning of this conversation, you know, understanding stakeholders, taking them through the all the things that you need to do to make that change actually happen. Mm-hmm. Typically and traditionally, there's the change matrix, the impact analysis that happens you know and I'm not talking about a change request where you have an impact sheet I'm talking about a matrix that says we're going to invest in this we're going to and I'll give you an example I did some work at the university as well uh, and there they wanted to change the registrations process for candidates for overseas Mm -hmm. students and for them they realized that their manual systems were antiquated so they tried to list off in a matrix an excel spreadsheet what the impact would be if they were to move to a more virtual way and this is we're talking about three years ago the problem there you have is that not everybody who is part of that group recognizes that this will impact them in terms of their role in terms of the training that they need in terms of the fact that the systems that they have at the moment are going to be decommissioned and all of these things come out but how much can you fine-tune this particular system in order to look at different because you said just now different industries have different ways of approaching Mm -hmm. a problem or implementing systems right to paraphrase so is it easily fine-tunable and or are you making it generic so that the key principles of change are demonstrable
0: change is difficult because as humans We get stuck in our ways we get comfortable it's like organizations getting comfortable they think their products and services are fine they're selling and then suddenly somebody comes in from left side the digital native and they get disrupted in the marketplace whilst we're adaptable when we need to be people in organizations can become very comfortable what i think people dislike about change is fear of the unknown they don't know what's coming so if they don't know what's coming, they, there's a human behavioral trait which causes us to become, the barriers come up. I don't want to know. We, we've we've been okay. We The way we work, this is the way it's always been. It's worked for us. It's fine. But what they don't know is a better way of working potentially. And they're fearful of that because they don't know what that world looks like. And what the simulation tries to do is give an experience that opens the, the mind and the individual to better ways of working best practices and thinking about how you the impact of upgrading a system for example moving to the cloud or bringing in artificial intelligence automation robotics all sorts of things that surround how an organization works and the factors around it isn't that a great way to learn in a safe environment how all these things can impact you in a positive or negative way so that you can get it right for your organisation?
1: I think you're right. I think it, it has the potential to save money. It yeah. has the potential to also simulate other problems that could happen, provides an opportunity to consider different departments and the impact that it will have on them. And also the, from what I've seen of the system, you can also look at graphically, you know, you can try to forecast. You know, There's yeah. a great book, I've got it somewhere, amongst all the books I haven't read,
0: <laughs> it's a nice always, library there you got a nice, yeah, a nice library
1: i wish i could read some of them no, I'm <laughs> only kidding. I, i've i've read some of them but there's a great book i picked up from an old bookshop and it was called technology forecasting what's the new new thing is the thing that many people consider don't they and mm. i think if you're in business you are doing exactly what you said you are looking over to the side and saying is there going to be somebody that's going to come in from nowhere and that's something you could simulate you could say mm. if for example your sales started dropping off or your customer satisfaction went very low and you found out that there's a high absenteeism or the fact that there's a difficulty in finding a specific training um, for a specific skill set, then you, in theory, can simulate that and look at the knock-on impact that that would have. And I'm giving just, I don't know the system intimately like you do, but I'm assuming that there are certain variables that you can control. When you say you talk about, working in a collaborative way do you expect people to use the system come back and regroup and discuss it and then you kind of turn the dial a bit in the background again and go hey let's go away and do this again and and see what you think or you say to them look you've suggested xyz well let's just tune the thing in the background and see what the impact of that will be Mm. is that what you do
0: we can tune it absolutely there's powerful algorithms we've developed that When you're playing the game, you're actually simulating being an airline and you have a leaderboard. You're playing within your group of 10 and you're low down in maturity and you have that leaderboard. So it brings that competitive element. And within that, in those plays, for example, you can absolutely tune things in terms of the impact because you have a certain amount of revenue that you can spend on the plays that you want to. And it's only through the learning of the impact of those that you can actually determine which is the right path. There's something like 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 plays in there. And as we learn, and we change in terms of the world, we'll bring in new plays. Let's think about if we went back into IT 10 years ago, it used to be about service delivery, ITSM. Then we went from ITSM, how does ITSM work with Agile? Then Agile came and then now we're in the world of DevOps. The world changes, best practices changes, those plays changes. And I think what we want to do with this product is be able to adapt and move with best practice and those plays that we can bring in into play to impact as you said customer satisfaction revenue and profitability and the beauty of the the game also is it's, it's very rich in dashboards so it shows you graphically whatever you've strategic play you've played or operational play how those KPIs are moving and trending and senior leaders i think it opens the eyes of junior members and IT folk to see the impact at a business level through dashboards. But it also shows business leaders how IT impacts the business overall. It's for all people in the organization to understand and, you know, learn from.
1: Sounds really good. So I'm going to say, sadly, we've run out of time. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing with us your vision, especially telling us about this really interesting Project that you've got going. And I really I mean I think there's a lot of demand for this uh, product at the moment because it is something where you're not spending all your money and finding out it's too late, you've made your mistake. The simulation is definitely a good way to go. Uh, and I do think, yeah, what you we were just saying just now about the latest models where people are looking at DevOps is a really great way of doing things. But I don't think agile, I'm sure you agree, uh, doesn't necessarily mean you lose on documentation or governance. You probably have a stronger hold of the accountability that you're going through. And hopefully we'll meet again. Uh, at some stage when we can talk more about iterative change and how it can play into that. Because obviously, in a way, you're simulating that change. And like you said before, you can fine-tune it. But I wish you all the best and good luck with all your clients. Tell us a little bit about how we can get hold of you in terms of your website so that people can fill out the form, get you in to simulate their change or simulate different ways of doing things.
0: My company is called Innovative Quality Solutions. And actually, it's about bringing innovation in a quality way and providing service and solutions so the gamification goes hand in hand with that brand if you go to linkedin under coldip.sandu you you'll find me or email me at coldip.sandu at innovative or reach out to me via savvy even
1: absolutely well stick a, a link on my website which you yeah. mentioned before savvy.com yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, savvy and uh, we'll provide a way which you in terms of our listeners can get access to your brilliant services so wonderful to meet you and also so great to meet someone who is passionate so much that they've made that investment in that technology i wish you all the best with your future customers as well as the change that you bring about in a positive way for them so that they're able to reap the benefits thank you so much dr sandhu
0: thank you for having me savvy it's been a, a, an honor
1: well i hope you enjoyed the conversation i'm grateful to my guests this week for their time expertise and inspirational thought leadership it was great to end on a more optimistic outlook my thanks to our production partner cast Lab, and music rights from sound.com thank you for tuning in it's really appreciated i would be most grateful if you could share this podcast tag on social media channels and i look forward to your feedback and further visits at our show notes page at www.drsavvy.com. That's it for today. I hope you have an amazing week. Make sure you follow or subscribe at our respective podcast streaming sites and look forward to you tuning in to our next show. Remember, change comes from within. An example is leadership. Cheerio, bye.
0: Savvy's regular media watch brings you rising stars from various business sectors, public services and charities. Available on Sky, YouTube and Spotify.